the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruain, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Maximum Growth Live. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Ruane, CEO of FirmFlex, your social media marketing agency for lawyers, as well as managing partner of Ruane Attorneys, a civil rights and criminal defense firm here in Connecticut. With me, as always, down there, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and South Carolina, my good friend, Seth Price. Seth is the managing partner of Price Benowitz, a powerhouse law firm here on the East Coast, as well as the uh, president of... Or no, the CEO. What are what are I, I ask this every week. I never get a straight answer. What are you at Blue just, Shark besides the grand Puma? I, 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 I am the Sherpa that carries stuff around. But, okay, uh, well that's good. I, I think of my job more like as an expediter when I was a, a waiter back in the day. And there was, you know, the chefs on one side and the waiters on the other, and there was one guy who like got them. That's what I, I think I feel my role is most of the time. Well, speaking of expediting, we are here today. It's going to be a short episode, um, but it's something that a lot of people are going to be able to uh, talk about on their way to Max LawCon, which is next week. Uh, we have been talking about it offline, uh, sending text messages back and forth. I know you're going to be there. I know I'm going to be there. My whole FirmFlex team is going to be there. You're going to have people there from Blue Shark. Uh, I've got the agendas up here in front of me. I want to talk a little bit about it uh, and get people sort of excited for the conference that's coming up because... You know, it's been a while since this whole community was together, and I think it's a great opportunity to talk about some of the exciting things that are going to be there. So, absolutely, uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Well, A, before we get into that, so we're going to go through this, but I got something in my mind. We're going to go through this agenda, what's going on, how to get the most out of Max Law. But I want to talk to you a little bit about social because okay. it's driving me crazy. And since you're Mr. Social, Mr. Antisocial, but, uh, you know, look, what am I looking forward to? I, to me, Max Law is a special place, right? It started with two guys and a podcast, has grown into a national phenom. They've layered in the guild. They've really put together something that, I, I think it's organic and genuine. Most of the groups that are out there that support people have sort of a ringleader, an entrepreneur, somebody with a 
pure profit motive behind it. And these guys, while a buck may be made, nobody's getting rich off of what they're doing right now. They've essentially done this to help rise the tide of an entire legal community. And that's what I love about it. So it's very organic. Uh, it's people coming and sharing and uh, and, and the, the, the network that has been built because you feel like you're in onto the ground floor of something special is particularly cool, both from a national referral network perspective, as well as what are the granular things that take you from point A to point B. And I think what I love about it is, look, both of us have scaled firms. We're now at the point where many of those granular things are in the rear view mirror, but going back and visiting, hey, how do I tighten these things up from the perspective of somebody who doesn't have these legacy systems in place, very valuable. Yeah, you know, that's one of the cool things about Max LawCon. And so if you're on your way there or if you're you're upset that you're not making it, uh, be sure to uh, try to get some notes from somebody because, you know, if you're a true solo out there sort of doing your own thing, you're going to walk away from this with, you know, a dozen or two dozen ideas of things that you can implement to take you to the next level. But for people like Seth and I who have scaled already, one of the great things about interacting with people who are just starting out is that we're able to see things and utilize ideas that they have for ourselves. Uh, one of the greatest things about it is the last time I was at a Max LawCon two years ago, two and a half years ago now, um, you know, I came home with some technology ideas that solos were using. I said, well, I wouldn't use it the same way, but I can, I can do it for my firm at scale. And it's been really great. And one of the things that I think a lot of people are going to get out of this is, is, you know, discussion, you know, outside of the actual seminar where you're talking about how are you using your VAs? What training do you do for those people that are overseas? We've talked about that a lot on the show recently. Um, how are you staffing up? Uh, how are you scaling your space? Uh, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of good things that you can talk about here that really sort of help you run your business and run your firm, you know, stronger, faster and better, which is what we all want to do because we want to, uh, we want to make the most out of our lives that, you, that, that, uh, uh, and this is a great opportunity to sort of take the wisdom of, of many and distill it into what works for you. No, I'll give a great example of that. I think we both can say this is, I think it was a lot of solos that embraced overseas VAs in a way that the legacy firms didn't. And that it was not the same, like I, it's not, I don't look at it like a VA situation where you're like, here's a catch-all person does anything, but rather saying, hey, at scale, we have all these different people in departments. And now what we're doing is one by one, lining up an assistant for each person, trying to reduce growth of domestic. And one of the things I just had a meeting this morning with my team, one of the huge benefits that we've had, and again, I, I don't want to be overly anxious because it's not like we have three years of data to look at, is the reduction in drama that many of the interpersonal things that we've focused on on earlier um, Max Growth Lives about drama in the office and different permutations of HR issues has subsided with people that are excited for the job and whether challenges with international and keeping culture and you know all of that together harder when you're under one roof but huge benefits in that certain areas that normally had recent college grads with with its built-in turnover have been substituted out for people that are thrilled to be here very communicative and it really again i i credit what you just said, which is that we, that I saw what smaller firms were doing and embraced that, but as you said, tweaked it to what we need as a larger firm. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the flip side to that is, 
you know, I know I've been pretty open about some of the mistakes that I've made. I know you have been as well. Uh, and by being out there and talking about them, you know, the people who come behind us don't have to make those mistakes, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, or, or, or when they make the mistakes, so, so, oh, that's what they were talking about. I just think that's <laughs> yeah, that, like, that like, can be it too. I, whenever I see people who are like mentors of mine a couple of years ahead, it's always crazy because I'm like, oh yeah, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So what I want to do is uh, actually, uh, let's talk a little bit about day one uh, before we take our break and talk a little bit about um, the speakers that you're going to hear from uh, on day one. I've got the agenda up. So obviously, uh, the first uh, the, the first one after the, you know, the, the standard introductions, uh, you know, we're going to hear from Dave Freeze, who's going to talk, the title of his talk is What Spies, Interrogators, and Special Forces Operators can teach you about having a better and more profitable practice. And you know, I, I did some research about David and, and and what he does, and it's interesting. He is a trust estates and wealth attorney. Uh, and that's, you know, it's you rarely see people talking about wealth management as attorneys. You often hear of it in the financial as in the financial realm. Um, but a lot of lawyers out there in the trust and estates game don't pitch themselves as wealth management. But I think that's certainly something that I think we're going to hear from him about. Um, but it's uh, but it's definitely something that I think all of us are concerned about having a more profitable practice. Uh, in fact, today uh, in the in the bigger group, there was a whole uh, a string of comments about, you know, should it be a third, a third, a third with a third being profit? And I said, look, I'm not a third profit because I'd rather reinvest in the business. And other people are like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm a 10 percent profit because I'm, I'm doubling down on my marketing where other people are like, I want to have 50 percent profit and I'm not going to hire any staff because I'm going to maximize uh, my revenue by by keeping it small and lean. So it's really sort of an interesting topic that I think really kicks off the uh, the whole conference with getting into the mindset of what we're really there to talk about. Awesome. Uh, next up is going to be Jim Hacking about how a lawyer changed his life. You've seen Jim speak a couple of times. What are your thoughts about his presentations? Look, I, you know, every time I think I know Jim and he speaks, I learn, I learn more. Um, just a, a guy with, with all sorts of depth and, uh, you know, he, through, through allegory, he, he really uh, is, is able to share quite a bit. And, um, you know, he look, he opens up in a way that most people uh, can't uh, about uh, where they came from and how they got there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, having having seen Jim speak before, you know, it, it, he sort of he, he sort of puts his own stories out there. He talk, talks about his life, uh, you know, really sort of introspectively when he's on a stage. And I think that's unique. A lot of people sort of don't want to talk about some of the uh, the scars uh, and the missteps. Uh, and, and Jim is, is very open about that. Um, and uh, it allows you to say. You know, I guess maybe it's one of the things that's causing mental health problems in teenagers. You hear about it on the news and the social media that people only ever post the good stuff. Uh, and Jim is, is is open about the good stuff that's happened to him and his firm. But he also talks about the warts and all uh, and, and the self-doubt uh, and the struggles as running a business and, and identifying your vision and that type of thing. And I think those things matter because, you know, I, I see you know, some solos that are out there. I see young lawyers. Uh, I see old lawyers and, and everyone says, oh, the grass is always greener. They, they look at somebody else and say, I want that level of success, but they don't see what goes into that level of success necessarily. And Jim is very 
open and honest about what has gone into it. And I think that's interesting. And then right after that, you're going to get Tyson, who who has really been sort of inspiring on the other end, where Tyson seems to talk very much so about giving you the kick in the ass you need to actually go out and do it. So it's sort of like a one-two punch that you get somebody saying, look, we all suffer from certain things. Uh, I have some I have some issues that uh, I've had to overcome just like you have in your house. Uh, nobody is living the perfect life. And then you get Tyson coming right around the back saying, okay, now that you know that, get to work. And I think it's a really effective way of, of, of combining their messages sort of in a synergistic way. You know, one and one equals three. Absolutely. Next up, then, we have Billy Tarasio. And since you've seen Billy speak at a bunch of conferences, I know you've seen her speak at Clio, obviously at other Max Law Cons and some other stuff. And she's going to be talking about pandemic office space. And that's something that you've been dealing with you know, as well. Yeah. And, and you know what I would say? Like, I just saw uh, Billy speak out at the TBI conference. How a divorced lawyer from Arizona ends up in a San Diego PI conference, I'm not quite sure. But she blew me away. I'm pretty cynical. I, I, I don't like anybody. Like, it just there's a lot of fluff out there. So I, I forget about her topic. I, I just go to here to, to Billy. She's always thinking outside the box and... Uh, you know, whatever, whatever, I don't care what the title is, just her way of thinking uh, has been one that uh, has been helpful myself, just, you know, figuring out how to pivot, how to do things uh, very insightful. Awesome. And then, uh, and then there's this uh, random dude from Connecticut wrapping up the morning before lunch. It's great. I go, I go, you know, it's, it's Jim, it's Tyson, it's Billy. And then I'm the only thing keeping people away from the lunch table. So I fully expect to lose people. Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about systems, as everybody knows. Uh, and if you're part of this podcast, if you've listened to this show, obviously you know that uh, I'm big into systems. In fact, I, I, I wrote three systems yesterday uh, to add to my firm. And, and uh, some of the lawyers that I showed them to were like, this is great. How come you hadn't written this before? So um, it's sort of like uh, my little thing. It's how I... I get my moment of Zen as I sit down and I, I think through logically uh, a system. But my, my presentation is going to be short. It's only about 20 minutes long. Um, but I'm gonna, it's actually a, a modified version of something that I've done before. But I think I've been able to actually ramp it up and, and make some changes to make it very easy for you to remember how to create systems uh, by using uh, three pieces of punctuation that we're going to talk about. Uh, and as long as you can remember those, and any lawyer here will be able to remember those, uh, it's going to be very easy for you to uh, uh, to be able to implement these things. And so that's even just the morning uh, of Max Lawcon. One of the things I love about Max Lawcon is the 20-minute segments. They did it randomly or they did it intentionally, I don't know. But, you know, if you have friends who try stand-up comedy, right they give you when you first start five minutes it's really hard to fill five minutes of good stuff and it takes you literally probably like almost like a becoming a senior associate that five to seven years before you have 20 minutes of great stuff it takes you to be like a national comic before you genuinely have an hour of viable great stuff great stuff not just you know you could fill an hour but is it great and so to me most of us here in the, on this curve, and they have a lot of people that are sort of throwing in are not used to speaking. The idea that you're not giving people 45 minutes to an hour, but rather making you condense it. I'm a big fan of less is more. Like, yeah, well, you know, and, and I mean, if, if, if you think about it, you know, TED Talks are 15 to 20 minutes. 
Uh, and, and those things are great for community. I mean, quite frankly, if you are talking longer than 20 minutes, your topic is probably too large. Uh, because I think the ability of the, the public to sort of engage and retain that information is going to be limited when you go too long. I mean, you know, attention spans have been dropping and dropping and dropping. I actually wrote some uh, articles years ago, um, God, probably like five to 10 years ago now about uh, how to use uh, timing uh, and timing tricks in your closing arguments for uh, the champion for the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. Uh, and it's a presentation I gave to the uh, Colorado and Criminal Defense Lawyers Associations, different different times. I, about, I, by the way, you, you you got me into that publication with some sort of article. I don't remember what it was, but my law partner, Dave, who like, that's his Bible. He loves it and never published it. He was so bitter. <laughs> so that was one of the greatest gifts you've ever given me. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So after lunch, obviously, you know, uh, in between that lunch break, you're going to be able to see your uh, the, the vendors that are out there. Seth, I know you're bringing a bunch of people from Blue Shark. And obviously, you'll be there and have people that can answer questions about GMB, SEO, and that type of thing, right? That's that you know, that's who you're bringing uh, out there. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a bunch of people, some of our links people, some of our content people. Uh, we have a lot of clients and friends out there. So a figuring out what they need and b working with people. I mean, like just the other day, uh, you 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 like threw me something. Hey, I, I'm trying to do this. It's not working right. Uh, if we can bring substantive experts to sort of do a Q and A on whatever the uh, issue of the day is for you, for you it was moving an office. Uh, if we're able to give some clarity to that, that that's uh, that's our goal. Yeah, that's awesome. And then obviously, I'm bringing my whole uh, FirmFlex team out. Uh, which will be great. We're actually launching a brand new product at at Max Lockon, uh, Social Funnels, which I which we're really excited about. We've been testing it with some of our customers, uh, and it's been really sort of taking off. The volume uh, that we're getting uh, of views uh, has been great, and the people who we've been doing it with uh, have really reaped the rewards. So it's something that we can roll out to everybody at Max Lockon, and you know, social is where people are at. They're spending a lot of time. Uh, but doing social right and having the right funnel uh, is important. And we've made it sort of uh, very easy for you to get a funnel set up. Uh, we can do the whole setup for you, uh, which is great. But I want to talk a little bit about the afternoon gets really kind of crazy because you've got competing tracks going on. Um, and the first one, I think, is something that a lot of lawyers need to spend time on annually. Uh, and it's not something that you can just sort of set it and forget it. And that's vision. Uh, because visions continue to change. Um, and that's where our good friend uh, Bill Umansky is going to be speaking in the vision track uh, about resiliency. Uh, and you, you've known Bill for a long time. Uh, what makes you excited about seeing him? Well, just his energy, enthusiasm. He brings something like an X factor. Uh, this is a guy who's found a way to make a buck in one of the most competitive markets in the country on his own terms while having a good time, while, you know, embracing his employees in the community. Just, a, you know, a guy who has, you know, done things uh, in a creative yet profitable way. Yeah, absolutely. And alongside that, there's going to be a whole marketing track uh, that's going to be uh, that you've got. Jordan Ostroff, Nicole Christie, Bernard Nomberg, and uh, Mo Lilenthal uh, are going to be speaking, and and that's that's you know that's a lot of great people uh, that are going to be. I was going to say they're all, they're all great, but Bernard's like my like everything he like. You ever meet somebody online you don't know that well, other than an online, and every like one of his side interests, uh, baseball cards, Mo Berg, like is one of these guys always fascinating. He started a whole 
Facebook group about the catcher spy, who's been like one of those intriguing historic characters. So fascinating, fascinating guy with uh, a cool podcast himself. Um, and then after that, we've got uh, two other tracks. Um, both, I think, are important, especially for the solos um, that are that are the smaller firms that are going to be here. And that's uh, a track all about team and team building, and then another one about future planning. But one of our very first guests on Max Growth Live was uh, Joey Vitale, uh, and he is going to be talking about uh, something that we've talked about a lot recently, and that's uh, hiring and onboarding your first, uh, you know, overseas assistant. And I think that that's going to be something because, as far as I understand, his entire team is remote, uh, and he's been able to build his business uh, and build it, and it, it's like sort of like a, the stone picking up steam as it heads downhill. Uh, he's going faster and faster and faster uh, now as he starts to expand his operations. So that'll be really interesting to see. And then uh, obviously the next thing, uh, the other track that's going to be going on is future planning. And it's really interesting because Russ Nasevich is going to be there um, talking a little bit about his story from when he started two years ago hanging a shingle to where he is now. Uh, and one of the benefits is that Russ is a certified financial planner as well. What are your thoughts on the afternoon? No, I mean, like Russ is, Russ is a rock star. Uh, I've gotten to sort of work with him along the way. And it's just neat because the guy came for, as an out of the box lawyer with this financial component to his practice and has with very modest resources built quite a nice regional practice. Yeah, And then ending the day, uh, your friend and mine, and something that I think uh, we both bang the drum about uh, regularly is going to be Gary Falkowitz, uh, who's going to end the day in the big hall with everybody talking about uh, talking about intake and the value of intake. Uh, and no, you've had the pleasure of seeing Gary a bunch of times. What are your thoughts on that? No, Gary, great guy. I just got to hang out with him at Pilmo. We spent an hour and a half brainstorming. I try to block out as much time as I can when he's when he's around. Uh, I'd say when it comes to intake, there's uh, you know one, one of the sharpest minds in the space. And uh, when he speaks, people should listen. If you haven't heard him before, uh, it's, it'll be quite a treat. If you have, uh, he, he always brings fresh stuff to the table, so it should be great. Yeah, and you know one of the things about Gary that I really love is that you know once he gets off stage. He's super approachable and he it, he truly is like excited about intake. I mean, you know, the animation when, when he, he ramps it up, he's, oh, and then you could do this. And, and you know, he gets really excited about it. So uh, it's great. So if you're out there and, you, and after after he spoke, uh, after he speaks and you get it and you want to question him, uh, don't hesitate to talk to him because Gary is very, very inviting. All right, Seth, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh, from the break. We're going to talk about day two of Max LawCon uh, and give you guys our final thoughts, all right? We'll be right back with more Maximum Growth Live. Have you heard? Max LawCon is back live and in person this fall at the Ameristar Casino Resort and Spa in St. Charles, Missouri. This event is for you if you're searching for the best ways to scale your law firm and you're craving connections with like-minded legal entrepreneurs. MaxLawCon 2021 has an exclusive Guild Member Mastermind Day on Monday, October 11th with the two-day general conference on Tuesday, October 12th and Wednesday, October 13th. These two days will be full of actionable, proven strategic content from experts that have been in your shoes. To learn more and grab your ticket today, head to maxlawcon.com. 
The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet. And there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you, helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. And we're back with more Maximum Growth Live. Seth, I want to talk to you a little bit about the second day of Max LawCon. We've got a lot of topics there. I don't want to go as deep as we went in the first segment because uh, I don't want to overwhelm people. But one of the people that, that uh, you're going to see speaking that day is Jay Henderson talking about KPIs. And we've talked a lot about KPIs on the show. What are your, some of your th- thoughts on that? Well, it's, it's one of those topics that we, we talk about. We None of us do enough of. Uh, the more you do, the better in the sense that, you know, managing with data uh, always important. And it's it's a cat and mouse game, getting getting the, the data and the right data, and the meaningful data so that you can make solid business decisions, whether it be increasing with marketing or dealing with uh, hiring and firing. You know, those those things are, are very, very important. I'm struggling with it uh, in a number of areas where, you know, it's. I look down, I want to make a decision. I don't have the data I need and I need to make tweaks in order to get it. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. I think that happens a lot. Okay, so there's four tracks on on Tuesday, excuse me, on Wednesday as well. There's going to be a practice management track and an intake track, which I think is really sort of intriguing to me, uh, which are the first of the of the uh, bifurcated tracks on uh, on, on Wednesday. Uh, and then we're going to have a thing about operations and then one, which I think a lot of people are going to want to stick around to. And I think it's probably why they put it towards the end of the day uh, on the second day is the numbers track. Uh, because there we're going to hear from Marco Brown, uh, Larry Weinstein, uh, all about getting paid and keeping the money. And that's one of the things that, you know, you and I have both struggled with. It's, you know, it's tough in this business to make a buck, but it seems like there's always something you could be spending money on. Uh, and the question becomes, you know, do you take it out of the firm? Do you keep it in the firm? Uh, that's a struggle that you and I personally have had is where to spend and when and when to say, no, I'm not. Because you could you could spend every dollar you make. Uh, in your firm, uh, and really, you know, not think about your own long-term, you know, success, and 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 not taking enough out so that you can weather a downturn like COVID, where you can't, uh, where you don't have any income coming in, right? Right. No, that, look, that's one side. I'll give you the other side. I, I just had a, you know, I have a family law lawyer. I'm trying to build up. We have one division that's booming, and I have one that is modestly growing, and. 
you know, ironically, the, the modest one is billing at a higher rate, the main principle on that side of the practice. And yet the way the collections are going, they're probably 60% of what they think they're billing and collecting or they, they're getting. I mean, it's more complicated, but the idea being it's not what you bill, it's what you bring in. So similar by analogy as a firm, it's not what you bring in as a firm, it's what you keep, you know, for each individual business unit really looking at what, what um, you know, not just the theory, but what is the reality. Yeah, you know, there's an old saying that the top line is for vanity and the bottom line is for sanity. And the, and the goal is to have those two closer together rather than farther apart. But, you know, I'm really excited about what's coming in uh, the next couple of days and the next week. A lot of people that I haven't seen in years, we're all going to be back together. Uh, Seth, I saw you last week at Pilma, but we'll get to spend actually more substantive time together because that was... You know, we hung out for about 45 minutes uh, last week because I was in and out of town really quickly. Um, but you had said that you want to talk a little bit about social media uh, yeah. and, and at the top of the show. So let's talk a little bit about what we have uh, 10 or 15 minutes left. Yeah, look, I, and look, this is a longer conversation and it's your, it's you, it's Jay. You've made what you figured out a way to crack the code with social. You call me antisocial. I get frustrated dealing with my own internal teams looking at price benefits and saying, how do I take firm social and make it interesting? You know, I, I, I look at posts, they're modestly engaged. They're part of the, the, the overall strategy. We do things at Price Benelot where we have branding camp, paid branding campaigns on Facebook. We have lead gen campaigns, which historically haven't shown great ROI. You can get the phone to ring. It just hasn't been our ideal client. That's why I continue to double down on SEO and when I need to turn up more volume on PPC. But talk to me. This is the part. And it's the epicenter of firm flex. But for those people out there, where they're not doing it themselves and they've delegated. How do you take, like, give us a couple of, of, of basic steps, because I'm not a new, new at this. I've had a social media person for several years. You've spoken to her. How do I get beyond I'm doing the job by making the post to I'm doing something? And you talked a little bit about this at Pilma, but how can I make it not suck? So I think what it really comes down to is um, defining your voice. And, and this is, and this is uh, the thing that I think a lot of people miss when they say, okay, I'm going to bring somebody in who's going to run my, my social media. You need to actually sit down with the person who's going to be doing your social media uh, and, and talk to them about who you are. It's, it, you know, it's, it's all about them getting to know you and how you would post things and comment on things. Uh, and, you know, are you sarcastic? Are you goofy? Um, are you straight-laced? Because that's how you can push out your personality on social media. Uh, and, and one of the biggest problems people have, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll make a confession here. So last night I was home and I was watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And one of the characters on the show was being, uh, uh, was being confronted about uh, how she had uh, um, retweeted something uh, that was... Uh, definitely negative about another cast member's child, right? And her response was, well, I don't have, I don't do my own Twitter. Somebody else does it for me. And they're like, well, you know, you really, you got to talk to your people and tell them that you would never do this because right now it's you that's doing it because you're, it's your verified Twitter. And I think that's part of the problem 
is that a lot of lawyers especially, um, they are they are afraid about sharing their personality. They're afraid about putting it out there. And I'm not saying that you have to necessarily be, uh, be scandalous, um, but, you know, people do like, you know, mustard or ketchup on their hot dogs. And it's okay to say that I like ketchup. And people will say, oh, my God, I can't believe you would do that. But, you know, you can take stands on certain things. You can say, I like knock-knock uh, jokes or, or dad jokes. Will Norman's great. He puts a lot, a lot of uh, dad jokes on his social. But it lets you know who he is as a person, um, you know, and that type of thing. And so it's you got to have a personality. Your firm has to have a personality. I get it. And look, I get paid social. I get lead gen. My question to you it's from a firm account that's not somebody who's doing like who, who's using their their organic like the j rowing account or the grungo account if you're doing this can this be done from a business account or is the real success stories where it's you, and that's why you have to be careful because it is your brand, where it's Jay Ruane doing it, he has this, and that you as the leader of the firm can do it. Because one of the things, I was, I was looking and studying some of the guys who, there are a couple guys out there that are claiming huge numbers in the PI space that are speaking to conferences. And two things that I've noticed, when you dissect their speeches about what they say they're doing, they may have a million Instagram followers, but what they seem to be doing is paid Facebook to generate business. I'm not talking about brand. I'm not talking about like awareness and keeping your flock. Can we, like, is there a middle ground? Like, it's one thing to say, I want to have a, an Instagram feed that shows pictures. So if somebody goes there, it demonstrates a robust social presence. If somebody goes to apply to work for you or somebody wants to look at you or a juror looks, they see something comprehensive. But when we start to talk about ROI and how are you getting there, that leap, because I see the one bucket of pain, which we do at Blue Shark, right? I know how to make the phone ring from social. Mass short area, very, very profitable. Single event, less so. It still makes the phone ring. It's just not as great of an ROI and the cases may not be as good as other areas. My question for you though is, what? Like on one hand, you have ketchup versus mustard. It's interesting, but can you do that from the business or do you have to look at this as not a loss leader, but basically an ethos builder versus here is my lead gen where I'm seeing ROI because I know if I spend this much, I'm getting that much. So let me ask you, do you go to events with your wife that your friends have in the neighborhood and they say, oh, we're having people over for a cocktail party, uh, you know, and uh, why don't you come over, that type of thing? You, you do that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You're a social person, Seth. I mean, the truth is, you'll, you'll if someone says there's a cocktail party, you're going to show up, right? Barbecue over cocktail, but yeah. Okay. Yes. Barbecue. Okay. Yeah. I'd go to a cocktail party. That's my style. Yes. Yes. But yeah. Okay. So, so we're the two guys at cocktail parties not drinking. That's that's the reality of the situation. But we're, we're over cocktail. <laughs> I'm way over drinking at this point. But but here's the thing: you don't get an ROI. You know, you don't go to that cocktail party or that barbecue expecting an immediate ROI. What you're doing is you're establishing a relationship, and that relationship can pay off in years and years to come. And that's really what but, social but, is about, because that's where people but, are nowadays. You know, so but, but, you're, time out. I'm not going to the cocktail party for anything other than the enjoyment. I'm not going to build. 
like I go to a network tonight, the uh, DC trial lawyers, there's a cocktail party. I'm going for the networking. It's social and I'm building relationships. Yes, I'll buy that analogy. But on a social one, it's part of, could I get a, could I get a referral from the network? Yeah, nobody's better than you. You've done unbelievably well from your extended social circle, right? I get that. But that's not why you're showing up to the cocktail party. You're going there. And if you do go there for that reason, it's going to be terrible. And it's not going to work. You go because you genuinely enjoy people. You want a beer or you want barbecue or whatever it is that's going on. But you're going for socialization, not for ROI of any meaningful sort. See, that's where I think you're different. I think, you know, as a business owner, I go to those social events, even in my neighborhood, because it could turn into business for me. Uh, and, and so I'm just using social media as another avenue because I don't want to go out seven nights a week. Uh, I, I don't even want to go out, you know, two nights a week, really. But I know a lot of people are on social. I can comment. I can engage. I can talk to them That's and maintain those relationships. It's 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 maintaining okay, no, 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 relationships. No, I, I buy that. I, and I get it, right? You can scale yourself. But then why not use the Jay Ruane feed, which currently – with, with, with Facebook, gives you a much greater, broader thing. If you post a particularly compelling uh, incident on, on Facebook, you could have multiple hundred engagements. You know, the height of COVID, uh, a family photo got like over 500 engagements, unheard of, right? right. You do stuff on your firm, you, you get a a, a fry, you get well, nothing. But but here but here's why. But here's why. You've got five thousand friends, right? You've got five thousand friends, or you know, up to five thousand friends as part of your social. You are interacting with those people that are friendly with you on a regular basis, commenting on their stuff. If you post it on the Price Benowitz, number one, you don't have five thousand followers. Yeah. So, so your numbers are going to be down. And number two, you're not actively engaging with the people that are your followers there. So, so if you did that on your business page, if you did that on your business page and actively engage with the people who were followers and constantly posted on your business page, that photo of personal, uh, of a family photo posted on your business page would get 500 engagements. Respectfully, no, because the algorithm doesn't allow it for business unless you boost it. So, my uh, I, 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 I disagree with that. I mean, the algorithm does oh, allow right. it. It's, it's not, I mean, no, you, not at the same level. No way. That you, no, you that, I, two I, things, yeah. no I, I, I think you're wrong on this. Organic really? reaches down, organic reaches down to uh, around 10% on, uh, on both, uh, on both, uh, your personal stuff and on your professional stuff. Organic I, reaches I down really on both that. sides of the aisle. I've heard that on the on business side, it is significantly lower than 10%. That's that's the studies I'm seeing. Well, the that studies that I saw was was in the 8 and 9% as, la as late wow. as this summer. It's not okay, as low well, as the better news. But I guess, I guess what, so let's go back to this. Knowing that you there's an ROI of your time, whether it's your time or somebody else's time. And not that you want somebody ghost doing your personal social, because that recipe for disaster as you sort of started off the conversation with Twitter. But... Is the is it possible that the interpersonal, which you know, in the granted it caps you at five thousand people that both of us are approaching, that you have a question of does it make more sense to you know 
spend your time there, maybe share to your business the personal. So, but the idea that, like, I just, I can't get my hands around the idea that from the business page, I'm going to be able to get the ROI and that the personal, maybe, and look, like, go to the cock, I like it. If you're liking what you're doing, at the same time, I don't want to spam friends, you know, friends and family stuff that might be business page appropriate. So there's a, there's a wonderful sort of middle ground here. And that's to have a public profile page, which gives you all the benefits, all the benefits of the business sponsoring and targeting and data. But it looks more like a personal profile that your friends are going to want to engage with. And, and, and there's a big smile because I did. You, you told me to do this at a conference years ago. I ran out and did it. It's there. Everyone's once somebody likes it. And you know what? I punted on it. It sits there, but it is not gone anywhere. So effort in, effort out. So exactly. Yes, there I mean, are like, look, right. look at the end of the day, you're the you're the king of. You're going to do what you like to do. You don't like to do social because you'd rather focus no, your time. I know. I love doing social. I love the personal social piece and sculpting that. I just, you know, you know, it's the taking that time and attention and figuring out how to allocate it. Is it like, look again? There are people that have successfully shown cool pieces there um i've just it, it feels like that it's harder to get to get Look, that traction compared to the personal here's here's the reality of the situation seth and 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 i think we should leave it around here so i'm going to ask you for your final thoughts after i i say my piece you can be for example caa creative artist agencies and for years your website is a web page that says CAA with two phone numbers on it, and that's it, right? You can be Groupon and build your entire business off of an email list. You could be America Online and build your entire business off of uh, direct mail, you know? Things work. What doesn't work is not paying attention to what works in the thing that you're doing, you know, and paying time and attention to those things. And so what happens is, and unfortunately we see this a lot, uh, I'm guilty of it as much as the next person, is that you do something, you don't get an immediate response, and so you keep doing a little bit of that and you pivot to something else, and then you pivot to something else, and next thing you know, 12 months have gone by, you've done 12 different things, none of them effectively, none of them efficiently, and none of them with enough effort to actually make it happen out of it, and then you're sitting there saying, I've tried everything and nothing works. Well, you know what? You don't need, and I'm going to say this out loud, you don't need to have a, 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 a huge website to survive and, and, and make it as a lawyer in 2021. You can have a website that literally is, you know, your name and your phone number uh, to get the people to get in touch with you. If you're doing other things and those other things are offline and they're successful and you're putting in the work at it. But the problem is, number one, many people want to set it and forget it. They don't want to do the actual work because they're not necessarily interested in the marketing. They're interested in the results of the marketing. And they're not necessarily putting the time and attention necessary to actually maximize something out of a particular uh, uh, vertical, uh, social, digital, whatever. I'm sure you've had people call you up and say, I want to spend $500 a month on SEO because that's what my last vendor said. And you say, you can't do it for that. Um, and so let, let me know your final thoughts. No, look, it, it, look your genius is always, it's, it's insightful, it's effort in, effort out. 
Um, part of the reason I dug into SEO is in the B2C world that we play in, PI, criminal, family, trust estates, uh, immigration, that the, the, the search when somebody needs somebody is such a better ROI for time and for time. Meaning if you have X amount of time and money, that the, the, that the ROI there is so much higher. I look, we both, the grass is always greener. You know, we always want what somebody else has. I'd love to figure out how to crack the code there. And it's like, you know, and I just haven't seen from the business point of view, but all your points are well taken, you know, and it's again, well, part of yeah. it is you, you put your, you put your A team on something, which means you don't have your A team doing this other piece. The question is, you know, is, you know, and that's partly how I built it. The reason that I have no in-house marketing every time i saw somebody good i put them at blue shark because oh they can do more and more and more and that's how we built digital because every dollar i spent there every person i had there built it i've just struggled to scale um that with social and that when i've done the safe things i don't want to wake up and have the twitter with some nonsense you know being shared the safer you go and the more sanitized it is as you said you have to say something that's edgy to get social to work and that's very hard to scale if you're not doing it yourself. The people that do best are the people where there's a voice and an opinion. You know, have an opinion, don't suck. That's gold standard, right? So if you right. take an opinion, it's very hard to scale opinion when it's not you doing it, I think is one of the issues. Well, I think there's some things that you can do. And I think one of the things that I think you're, that, that you're neglecting is the, um, the fact that many lawyers, especially in this audience, uh, live in smaller communities. I mean, D.C., Maryland, Virginia is a very large, very transient sort of people come in and out regularly uh, of that uh, of those cities. Whereas if you are in, you know, Veneta, Oklahoma, or Chuck Boyk in, uh, or Chuck Boyk you know, in Toledo, you know, you can grow your brand over decades so that you become ubiquitous, whereas it's going to be difficult you know, it, it would just given the volume of people in Dallas or in or in Atlanta to be ubiquitous. Absolutely. And I think that's what it comes down to is and you said it before. And that sort of sums it up well is figuring out what works in your practice area or geography. You know, just as I want to do social, it may be right. Like, for instance, people say within 10 miles of your office or I'm sorry, so within three miles of your office uh, is your is your where your cases come uh, a great, great uh, New Jersey personal injury lawyer, uh, Gary Solomon, was telling me this. Like three, three miles of my main office is government workers who are sitting at home telecommuting. You know, I mean, like it's there. It is a, a you know knowing what works for you in your place. Um, but as you know, I will continue to tilt at the windmill and try to crack the code. But it has definitely been uh, a, a humbling experience trying to figure that out. Well, why don't you stop by my booth next week, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the social funnels that I think actually could work in your neck of the woods if they are targeted properly. Uh, and we can Love set it. them all up for you. Set it and forget it. We turn you over the keys. We sell you the car and then let you go drive it off the lot. Uh, that's what we're going to do for you. This, this whole conversation was teeing this up. So that, that's uh, no, I didn't really want to do that. But no, 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 that no, I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. You've never been that. I'm, I'm no. saying that the idea that, look, that's why I love talking to you because you look, we do what we love. You love this. And, and that's why I sort of come to you with these questions and perplexing uh, comments because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, I know what I know how to do really, really well. And one of the things that bothers me is digital agencies that sell an organic package that really doesn't. It makes you no, feel I, good. I, I mean, guys. there's a role for organic, but you should not be spending thousands of dollars on organic stuff 
on social. You should be taking those dollars and putting it behind properly set up social funnels and sponsored posts uh, that are going to get you the eyeballs that you need. Uh, and then you supplement the, uh, the eyeballs with, yes, you have a heartbeat on social by posting other things. That's that's the only way to. to well, and then I'll conclude with this: just to, to some of the, the 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 people that are putting themselves out there as social gurus, not Jay Ruin, but people. I'm getting a hundred cases a month through social. When you when they when you take their what they're saying, they're talking about spending a quarter million to a half million dollars a month. If you yeah. put that in any media. You exactly. would and likely, based on their disclosed numbers, have a better ROI than 100 cases. Right. I would hope so. If you're spending a quarter of a million dollars, I hope you're getting more than 100 cases out of it. Absolutely. I hope you are for sure. All right, folks, that's going to do it for now for this edition of Maximum Growth Live. As always, if you want to keep up with Seth, you can follow his SEO Insider available on his YouTube channel for Blue Shark. If you want to keep up with me, you can always join my Systemizing Your Law Firm for Growth Facebook group, which is available, uh, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But if you want to see Seth or you want to see me, please come join us next week at Max LawCon 2021 in St. Louis, Missouri. Stop by, tell them that, tell us that you watch our show, tell us that you listen to the podcast. We love talking to you. We'll be looking for some upcoming guests in the audience, so maybe we'll catch you uh, and and talk to you and find a reason why we can get you on this show. But for now, I'm going to sign off. Seth, any parting words? Uh, have a, uh, a great have a week, flight. and we will, uh, we'll, we'll see you in St. Louis. See, meet, you in St. Louis. meet me in St. Louis, folks. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.